This podcast is sponsored by Pet Plan, who are the UK's number one pet insurer. I've always used Pet Plan for Raymond as they cover things other insurers don't and they can even pay your vet directly, which can be a big help. No, Raymond, that doesn't mean you can spend all the extra cash on treats. Terms, conditions and excesses apply. Pet Plan is a trading name of Allianz Insurance PLC. I was walking down the street and these builders shouted out, She's alive! <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's, that's interesting. This week on Walking the Dog, Ray and I took a stroll with Kerry Godleman and her adorable Scottish Westie cross, Molly. Kerry is not only a hugely talented comic, she's also a globally celebrated actor, who you'll obviously know from her heartbreakingly funny performance in Ricky Gervais' Afterlife, which is, by the way, now officially the most watched British comedy in the world. It's had over 140 million viewers. Cut to me, asking her to help me fish leaves out of Raymond's undercarriage. But one of the things that I think will really strike you about Kerry is just how miraculously unaffected and unchanged she is by all of that global success. She's just a total gem of a human being. Unsurprisingly, we had the loveliest walk. And I can also exclusively reveal that Raymond and Molly turned into the love story none of us saw coming. I'm off to Google Doggy Wedding Planners. I really hope you enjoy our walk. I'll hand over now to the woman herself. Here's Kerry and Molly and Raymond. Look at that dog, Kerry. That's a proper sheepdog, isn't it? That's a proper sheepdog. They're really clever, those dogs, aren't they? Look. Well, all it's done is hover around the toilet. No, I know. You can see the way it's looking, sitting. It's really clever. Do you think it's cleverer than our dogs? Oh, my dog's so stupid, Emily. <laughs> she really is. Oh, now I feel bad. Now I'm looking at her with guilt. She's not that stupid. But when people say clever dog, I think, I don't want a clever dog. I don't want to play chess with it. I just want to go for a walk with it. <laughs> I don't want it correcting me in my pronunciation. She's <laughs> just looking at me, making me feel bad. Do you know, I'd forgotten how much I loved your dog, Molly. Do you mean that? Honestly. <laughs> there's something so... She is, um, she's quite special, isn't she? Do you like her flower? So the bloke that cuts, grooms her, when she comes back, he always puts a little flower on her collar. Like those sort of weird massive bow headbands that you get on babies that are bald. She's aged, hasn't she? Don't you think? She's aged, she's got white hairs around her eyes and her bum, look at her bum. I'm all right, Thanos. No, have a good look. <laughs> you can't because her tail's down, but when she goes off, it's like a little bunny's bum. Oh, Ray just looks as young as ever. Oh. I. I have started following Ray on social media. Me and my daughter just love his clips. They're very good. <laughs> They're just so funny. I'm so glad you like Ray. He's just a natural comedian, isn't he? Do you think so? Oh, he's he's absolutely got funny bones. Oh, do you know, that's high praise from you, Kerry. That's made my day. <laughs> Ray, Kerry Godleman thinks you're a natural comedian. Look at him. Wow, he's not really... What, does he do that a lot? He just goes off with other families. Oh, yeah, does Molly not do that? No. <laughs> I've just normalised that. I think that's what they all do. Oh, he's so charming. Look at him work the room. He's <laughs> <laughs> really networking. So, I'm following you. Oh, don't follow me. That's the fool following the fool. <laughs> I don't know where hey. I'm going. <laughs> So let's set the scene. I'm with the wonderful Kerry Godleman and we're in Beckenham Palace Park. Look at that sage bush. 
It's huge. It's <laughs> the greatest <laughs> intro I've ever done, I think. Something smells nice too. Can you smell something nice? I don't know what it is, but it's not me. It's a plant. We oh. just walked past. I know what it is. It's this. Look, get your nozzer in there. Oh, it does smell. Isn't lovely. it amazing? Um, I was out with another gardenery friend the other day, and she pointed that that out to me. And I can't remember the name of it. I can never remember the name of plants, but it's beautiful smell. I'm pleased to be here. It's a really sunny day. It's one of those lovely, crisp winter mornings. Very New York. I like yes, it. Yes, do you know right. what I mean? It has got that feeling. I'm going to let her off the lead now. We're going to see the dynamic Molly. Oh, oh yeah, she's going to say hi to Ray. They're going to be a gang. They're going to be a gang. Remind me, is Molly quite a sort of introverted dog? Yes. So is Ray. Maybe that's why they get on. Yeah. Is Molly the same? Yeah, she doesn't... Um, she's not a people pleaser. <laughs> I've got to be honest, Kerry, if people don't stop, because I think Ray's pretty special and go, wow, look at that dog. <laughs> I get really upset. God, but that must be exhausting. There's so many people in the world. We live in London. You'd never get anything done. And you know what I sometimes do? I say, don't worry, Ray. Obviously not a dog person. <laughs> you must say that a lot. <laughs> oh, look at Molly. Come uh, on, Molly. I love Molly. What I'm worried about is that I'm... Because she comes up a lot on... Um, you know, various podcasts, that there she goes, rolling probably in fox shit, um, is that I give the impression that I don't like her, but I do, I do. I love her. I just want that to be out there right now. <laughs> I think it's just your way. You express yeah. your love for her in a Sorry. slightly different way. Yeah, we, we, yeah, we're just old companions now. So Molly is, she's a Westy... Scotty cross. Which is a lovely combination. Yeah, it is actually. And you don't see many of them. So she's sort of got the build of a Westie, but she's uh, got black fur, so she's more Scottish. But then, funnily enough, we do occasionally run into them. We saw one at New Year when we were out on a walk, and it was exactly the same, Westie, Scotty Cross. So you don't see loads, but you do now and then come across them. And she's got her beautiful little flower on. Yeah, flower's a bit weird, isn't it? I kept it on for you, really. <laughs> I was going to take it off, and I thought, no, I'll save that for Emily. I kind of love it. Yeah. Um, and Molly, you ended up getting... It was sort of a campaign by... Is it Elsie, yes, your daughter? Yes, my daughter, yes. She was Who's 16 now and utterly indifferent. Really? Yeah. She wanted her when she was seven. And she was desperate for a dog? Yeah, she wanted a dog really badly. She'd ask for a dog all the time. She'd leave notes around the house saying, can I have a dog? Dear Santa, here's my list. Dog. So we got her a dog. And Ben said, I was like, I don't think so. We're not really dog people. And then Ben sort of said, I've always wanted a dog. And I was like, oh, let's get a dog then. And that's your other half, isn't it? That's my it, other then? half. And? And it, actually, he is, he walks her every day. This is, I walk her now and then, he walks her every day. So it's more his dog than my dog. Yeah. But he's our dog. Did you have any pets growing up? I had a cat for a bit. But no, no dog. There was a story, I think there was one when I was a baby and she went for me. I think it was a spaniel. And she went for me and that didn't end well. And then there was a terrier. My grandparents had a terrier, Bieber. So there were dogs sort of in the sort of family stories. Yeah. But I didn't grow up with a dog. We weren't dog. We weren't a dog family. It was West London you grew up in. Yeah, wasn't sort it? of northwest, Ealingish, yeah, Ealing yeah. Way, Middlesex. I need to get on very quickly to your parents. Yeah. Because I'm. You've kind met them, haven't you? 
I kind of love your parents. <laughs> well, you met them once and I've never been the same since. <laughs> so this is your mum is called Linda. Linda and your dad is Martin. Martin. And they're quite a double act, aren't they? Yeah. Well, that, that day, well, let's say, we're, you, you met them at Chelsea Flower Show and they, it was an exciting event. Like, had you met them in Lidl, it would have been a very different thing. But you met them at Chelsea Flower Show, and it was exciting. And uh, But I, yeah, you know what was interesting? Probably... After meeting your parents, I sort of realised why you'd become a comedian. Oh, really? Parakeet. They're meant to be thugs, do you know that? They're meant to be real thugs. Look at them. Okay. But you get loads of them. I feed the birds in my garden and they all just like, they sort of bully all the little birds away from the feeders. There's a little baby squirrel with the parakeet. How do you think that friendship's going to evolve? Well, they're both thugs. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's when the two bullies get friends. Yeah, they're like... The <laughs> Is it an unholy alliance? Yeah, you see, it looks delightful, this little tableau of <laughs> nature. But apparently, I don't know really much about it, but I was told that... The reason the parakeets are so successful in a sort of breeding sense is because they're bullies and oh. thugs. Oh, it's a real survival of the fittest. Oh, fishes. God, don't get me started on the food chain, Emily. <laughs> when I met your parents, Kerry, Linda and Martin, yeah. it was only briefly, but they both left such an impression on me. Did they? And it really... They amused you, didn't they? My mum amused you because she was trying to shock you. She was gossiping and saying things... And she was effectively shocking you. And I could see it. I was like, Mum, stop it. And you were just thoroughly enjoying it. I just thought she had such funny bones. And so did your dad. They had a kind of Morecambe and Wise double act thing going. <laughs> You're right. I don't, I mean, they're my mum and dad, so I don't you can't see what you see. It was like... There was, the dynamic was so perfect between them. I tease them because when they start with that... I always like to imagine when it ends, the bottom of the screen says, you have been watching, and it ends like one of those old 80s sitcoms. <laughs> you have been watching Linda Godleyman play Linda Godleyman, and then she eye rolls. And it made me realise you must have grown up with a, a real kind of comic energy around you. Yeah, I suppose so. I, I think um, there was a lot of that kind of speed of exchange. <laughs> yeah, there weren't sort of uh, long-form monologues. It was quick fire, back and forth. And because your dad had the best job in the world, my favourite job, <laughs> favourite parental job I've ever had on this podcast. Really? It's an unusual job, isn't it? A violin maker. <laughs> it's a weird job. He's a violin, it. viola and cello maker, probably. But he has, I, I mean... He hasn't made an actual instrument for quite some time, but he, used to, he can do that and used to do that, but now he does restoration. I remember you telling me before, it wasn't that he had it came from a sort of particularly musical background or anything like that. No. It, is it more just that he had that kind of... He's a sort of craftsman. He just fell into it. He left really? school at 16 in the 60s and got an apprenticeship. Someone just persuaded him to just go for it, and he did, and then fell into this sort of job but in those days there were lots of apprenticeships weren't there so no it wasn't a kind of um 
rarefied artisan yeah. <laughs> background yeah, at well, all. Wasn't that sort of Lord Lindley making furniture? No, it wasn't. My father was a Luthien. <laughs> he trained me and his father trained it. None of that. <laughs> but he must have been good at it. He must have had, um, he mu even though yeah. he didn't choose it, it came upon him once he started doing it. I think he did discover a sort of passion for it. He yeah. was very enthusiastic about it. Because it did open up a world that he didn't sort of know prior to that. Do you think back then it's interesting that people now, there's much more a sense of you've got to find your thing, the thing you're special yeah. at, your talent, the your gift. The word passion is used a lot. Yeah. Like young people have got to have their passion. And it's exhausting, isn't it, passion? <laughs> Can't you just sort of quite like a thing and do it? And Linda, your mum, was... She did sort of marketing. She she did like market research. Market so research. So a lot a lot of stuff when I was a kid, she did market research. So um, I mean, she had lots of different jobs, and she's an Alexander teacher, sort of in the main now. But when I was a kid, she did market research. And I imagine she was quite a good talker. And quite oh, she persuasive. had a lot of chutzpah. I mean, you've met her. So she'd go up to people. I had a routine on this in my last show. <laughs> she'd just go up to people and go, "What do you think about pop tarts?" <laughs> I hear you suffer from a dry vagina. Can I recruit you to come to a KY Jelly discussion focus group on Thursday? It was that kind of like, it just took some balls, some front to go up to people and just ask them, consume, it's, it's not, uh, data harvesting, isn't it? We've got the internet now. Yeah. But it used to be women with clipboards outside Safeways, just yeah. asking people their consumer decisions. Did they have strong feelings on mayonnaise? <laughs> Would you say you're... Pro-mayonnaise, anti-mayonnaise, indifferent to mayonnaise. <laughs> Those kind of... And I used to do quite a lot of it as well. Like, I'd help her out and she'd pay me to do it. So it was kind of a, a nice little bit of extra income when I was a teenager. I loved seeing you with your mum and dad. I got a very good... Aww. I don't know, I got a very good energy about your family. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. I can see why you're very grounded. And oh. do you know what I mean? Yeah, they like, are. They are very grounded. When you consider Kerry, you've appeared in, I think, Afterlife. Am I right in saying it's the most watched comedy series? So I'm told. Ever. And which is sort of mind-blowing. I can't get my head around that, so I don't quite <laughs> understand it. <laughs> but over, when I last checked in, I think it was over 140 million people have yeah, seen it. Yeah, it's mental, it. isn't it? I think it's quite a challenge. To be part of something like that, and not just part of it, but a crucial lead role in it, for that not to change you? I don't know how it would change me particularly. I'm just, maybe I'm just too set. Like, we're, we're too old now. To, I'm not going to suddenly have a personality transplant just because I'm on a television show. <laughs> it's just too late in the day to suddenly completely become someone else. The only thing that's noticeably different is that more people, not loads, but more people sort of recognize me off that but actually it's quite nice it's quite it's not particularly overwhelming it's not like un, it's not loads but more people will come over and say hey hello and that's quite nice but presumably a lot of people in that situation had you wanted to you could have thought right I'm going to really capitalize on this I'm going to go over to LA and spend a year Do there I'm going to Come on. 
I think we like to think that, that, that the world is as controllable and manageable as that. <laughs> oh, I did a thing now, I've got to go to LA and I'll be in films, I'll probably get an Oscar. <laughs> you know it doesn't work like that. But it's, you've got to really throw yourself at that. Mm. And I, I've got a career and a life here. I'd, it would be awful to just start again, back yeah. at the foothills in LA, yeah, banging yeah. on doors. I know what you mean, and sometimes people say, like someone said to me the other day, I said something about doing a self-tape, an audition, and they went, oh, you still have to audition? I said, what planet are you on? What do you think? They just ring me up and go, we've got a lead. Are you free? Last time we went on a dog walk together, Yes. I did a dog voice. You did. To Molly. And I don't know how well it landed with you. <laughs> you went, what are you doing? You just sort of said something like, oh, you do a voice. <laughs> and it was like you were completely re-evaluating me in that moment. But I'm all right with it now. I've softened. <laughs> I've worked on myself. Look at, oh, look at this guy with his stick. What is that, a lab or something? What are they? Excuse me, what kind of dog? My friend and I were just wondering, what kind of dog is a black dog? Is a black one. She's yeah. a flat-coated retriever. Ah. Flat she's retrieved a massive stick. <laughs> yeah, she has. They just come in black and their liver and the brown colour. Ah. Not ah. The, the light. It's a golden retriever that's a light colour. Ah, right. Flat-coated retriever. Flat-coated, OK. Flat-coated retriever, yeah. Right. You don't see so many of them. No, yeah. that's why we were curious. Yeah. But, yeah... Yeah, it seems lovely. See you. Come on, Ray. So, you know, since we last um, spoke, I did a dog podcast and I went to Crufts. <laughs> I know. I just stood there agog. Like, oh, my God, it's like a dog cult. Because, <laughs> again, if you're not a particular... I mean, yeah. I'm not a dog person, but I like having a dog. But there's that other level of absolute oh. mania for dog and a breed of dog. And it's really weird, that world. It's like all kinds of really bad behaviour. Um, and lots of lovely behaviour and dog, dog good times. I but anyway, I went to Crafts. As part of the podcast. As part of the podcast. And what was the podcast called? It was called Dead Competitive. Can we still listen to it? I'd yeah, love to hear it. It's a BBC it. Sounds on BBC oh, Sounds. Oh. It was like, I don't know, we went down loads of, you know, those sort of, it's a bit like a true crime podcast, but yeah, about like a dog dogs. cereal. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it was interesting because it was a whole world opened up to me that I wasn't at all familiar with. Like I saw hundreds of red setters all like <laughs> showing and honestly, they just look the same as each other. <laughs> They're just exactly the same. And then they get like uh, compete. And they have like these breeder, like these top breeders, and <laughs> like they sell dog jizz in the, and they send it in the post in a jiffy bag. <laughs> People pay five grand for a top end dog jizz. <laughs> it's mad, Emily. But I think the dog thing, it's interesting because some, you've always strike me as someone who's, you're quite no nonsense. <laughs> I don't mind some nonsense. <laughs> I love a bit of nonsense. No. What no, are we doing now? No nonsense. No nonsense makes it sound like you've got zero sense of humour. Which couldn't be further from the truth. What I mean, I'm, I'm going to retract that, if I may. I would say you like to get the job done. Yes, Bosch. I suppose. Yeah, Bosch, it's the whole Bosch was thing. the name of your... Um, 
show. That was the name of my show, yeah. And it's a nickname that comedian Greg Davis developed for you. What about you is Bob? Um, I suppose I, uh, I am a bit... I do have a sort of tendency to think, let's not overthink this, let's crack on. I sort of sometimes, if I don't stop myself, can whiz through tasks like in bullet points and just have a very like, right, we did that, tick that off, we did that, let's get that done, move on to that, and then we'll do that. But that's the only way I can do it. Would you get frustrated in that kind of situation? A little bit. What's that? Isn't there like a kind of a saying where... Uh, in, in, a, in a group of women giving each other advice or whatever and then they go when they listen and allow all the feelings to be expressed and share all the pain and the because you don't want to shut someone's trauma down so you allow and then you give advice or whatever so the obvious thing to do would be in this circumstance you just gave me is to leave that person and then if they come back again with the same baggage and the same anecdote <laughs> and you go okay well we have covered this so <laughs> You need to leave that person. And then if they come back again, <laughs> saying, oh, Gary's still a prick, they all get up and move and <laughs> sit somewhere else. <laughs> I quite like that. So it's not shutting people down. No. It's just not like going on and on forever and ever and indulging it. I don't know. To be honest, it only emerged in Taskmaster and then... I think it's a good quality, though. Well, it worked for Taskmaster. I mean, it's good in a, in a, in a parlour game context. <laughs> Maybe it is a comedian thing. They just have that telling gene. (laughs) Telling it like it is gene. I don't know. This podcast is sponsored by Pet Plan, who help keep the nation's dogs happy and healthy. There was so much to think about when I got my dog Raymond. Toilet training, grooming, food. And just how many belly rubs can one woman reasonably be expected to give to a Shih Tzu every day? But one thing I've never had to worry about is paying for veterinary care because I decided to insure Raymond with Pet Plan, who are the UK's number one pet insurance provider. Oh, don't get jealous, Raymond. Of course you're still my number one. Just a tad on the high maintenance side. Terms, conditions and excesses apply. Pet Plan is a trading name of Allianz Insurance PLC. I feel you like pivoted to comedy in a way, didn't you? After initially training to be an actor. Yeah. But was it... What, why did that pivot happen? And do you think you just ended up thinking, oh, well, this is what I should have been doing? Well, you attach um, a narrative with retrospect, don't yeah. you? I mean, at the time, probably, I was just flailing around, just keeping busy <laughs> and doing what I could. But, and now I'm, you know, like we talked about earlier, now I'm middle-aged or whatever. We can, we can retrospectively attach a narrative to our stories. But so if I were to, yes, I left drama school and then for about two or three years, I sort of, I got bit parts in things, but not much, only odds and sods. You know, this is a swimming lake. Could you imagine getting in that? Yeah, so then I I was doing bits and pieces of acting and then I did a course at City Lit. That's how I started. So I did an adult education course in stand-up, just for fun, really. And I did have probably a secret... um, desire but it was very buried and hidden under lots of like fear but I did like it and then I just didn't do it again for a while and then I came back to it. Obviously working with Ricky Gervais was kind of fairly career changing wasn't it? Yeah definitely. I did extras originally I had a little part on extras that's how I think 
I met him and then I came back and did Derek and then, yeah, and then Afterlife. Were you prepared after Afterlife for the, the sort of level of reaction it had? No, not really. No, it was very, and because of the con, like it wasn't, because of the specific um, nature of the, the thing and that my character's dead and speaks from beyond the grave, that's an, that adds another layer of kind of, like when it first came out and I cut the first uh, moment of like, oh, lots of people have watched that. I was walking down the street and these builders um, shouted out, she's alive. <laughs> and I was like, wow, that's, that's interesting. So there is a bit of that, and sometimes people say it's the specific nature of the part because you're looking down the camera, so you're really talking directly to people. Yeah. And I suppose it's that kind of cathartic thing that it evokes other people's grief. So it's the nature of the, pro the, the, the part and the, the themes yeah. of the show. Well, do you know, I wanted to tell you it was really lovely because I obviously really loved it and my, I can't remember if I have mentioned this to you, but my sister died. Yes. And would have been probably, you know, around the same age that your character Lisa would have been, you know, my yeah. sister was 42, 43. Oh God, was she? Yeah, and she had two kids oh. and they were pretty young. Like they were one and 10 yeah. or 11. And oh. Mimi, she said to me, oh, I want to watch this thing Afterlife. Oh, really? Was and you a bit nervous for her to watch it? Yeah, I'll be yeah. honest, Kerry, I was. Yeah. And she said, no, I think I'm going to be okay because I think he always makes me laugh and I feel better when I laugh. And I went, okay. And do you know, she loved it. Really? And... And did it bring... I mean, I'm sure it did bring a lot She up. really loved it. And what she said to me, she was really into it and I thought that was so interesting because she said, do you know why I loved it? She said, because it... It felt so real and everyone just felt so truthful and I was so interested. She found it really sort of uplifting and that really, so I wanted to thank you for that because oh. she found it so helpful. I'm really know. glad to hear that and I hear that people say that and, I'm re and that's one of the really, really lovely things about being part of that show. Really? Yeah, very much so. I've had some really intimate conversations with people about their grief and people they've lost. And it's um, sort of amazing, really, to be part of that. It was just watching her laugh at it. Yeah. And watching you doing silly things. Yeah, because and all those flashback bits are just sort of pranky and playful and, you know, they're quite natural. And did you improvise a lot of those? Um, no. <laughs> Ricky <laughs> issued me with a list of things he was going to do to me. It's like, OK, you walk through that door and I'm going to put a bucket over there and then you and then you open that lemonade and it'll fizz up. Some he couldn't even use. They were so chaotic. There was one where he fizzed up this bottle of lemonade. I can't remember if we used this take. But anyway, it it went right in my face and all up my nose and it started coming out of my eyes and ears. It was ridiculous. <laughs> he was in pieces, but I don't think we could use it. I can't remember why. Let's go here. Yeah, Gary. it was lots of pranking and Yes, because he's someone who, he likes organised chaos. Yes, there are, I mean, I quite like this as well. There are, maybe this goes back to the Bosch thing. It's like you can have uh, parameters, just clarity around the sort of improvised, fun, playful, creative, do you know what I mean? But it's just, it's just got boundaries around it. There's 
a friend that we have in common, Daisy. Yeah. Who I've worked with, who's a brilliant podcast producer. And she told me that you used to do, you were sort of mucking around doing plays or something like that yeah. when you were younger. Yeah. And she said, I couldn't believe it because we're all just sort of pissing about essentially. And she said, Kerry was so organised <laughs> and she turned up in this sort of Charlie Chaplin costume. Bloody hell. Yeah, but Charlie Chaplin, I, think, I, can't, I wouldn't have bought it with me. It would have been in among the... I wouldn't have sat at home and thought, right, I am going to pre-order my Charlie Chaplin outfit, <laughs> fold what? it up and take it to Hereford for I a think, holiday. But in a way, it's not about the Charlie Chaplin costume. What it's about, and certainly the sense I got from her, uh-huh. was that... You were a bit, if a thing worth do, is worth doing, it's worth doing properly. <laughs> Get it done properly. And I find that interesting. But then I am a little bit older than her. And you know what it's like when you're with family, friends, cousins, siblings, people that are just a bit older than you. They just seem to have their shit together, don't they? I don't But know. I didn't particularly. Oh, Ray. Kerry, what's happened to Ray? Oh, God. Has he got a stick stuck? Did she say he's got a stick stuck up him? Oh, my God. That's not a phrasing you want to... Ray! Where is it? Kerry! Oh, it's in his, in his foliage. That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> is that what the waxer says? Oh, it's in your foliage. It's in your foliage. It's all right, darling. Impatient, Oh, Regis. darling, I'm so sorry you had that experience. <laughs> This is like a workshop in how to be really kind to your dog. <laughs> oh, you're really kind to Ray. Do you think I am? Yeah, you're really lovely. It's yeah. very humbling to, to be with. Are you really kind to Molly? I've ignored her the whole time, Molly. <laughs> <laughs> we just do what toddler is parallel play, me and Mol. Come on, Ray. He's really enjoying himself. They, they do seem to have a sort of companionship, don't they? Do you know, I think they really tolerate each other quite well. <laughs> Do you think, um, you were talking about Bosch. Yes. Which was your most recent tour. Yes. And there has been a real shift, really, since you started. Yeah. Hasn't there? Yeah, definitely, yeah. In terms of, I suppose, do you get the sense that there's a greater freedom to talk about whatever you like? Yeah, definitely. Because it's quite a nerve-wracking thing to do anyway, anything to attach anxiety to, you will run with it. <laughs> you go, oh, women aren't allowed to talk about that. And you go, well, hang on, why don't you try it and see what happens? Because you just wouldn't risk it. Because that was the reputation that preceded. But actually, like we all know, you can talk about anything as long as you make it funny enough. And there's definitely more um, freedom. Too much. <laughs> Too much freedom now. I'm interested to know in what you're like at confronting people. Are you, how are you with confrontation and like difficult Really good at it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things. Is it? No, I just always find it funny when people say I'm scared of confrontation. I think, oh, I, I, I'm not. I don't court it, but I don't shut down. Do you not? No, I don't run away from it. If there's something worth saying, I'll say it. Where do you get that from? That's... My mum. Come on, you met my mum. <laughs> I think she is a kind of like, it's better said. 
things are usually better said, aren't they? As long as you do it like kind, like you don't have to be aggressive or mean. But if there's something going on, no good comes from bottling these things up. It's better said. Because you are quite straight. You kind of always... You sort of know where you are with me, yeah. There's no bullshit. I hope. <laughs> I hope not. No, I can see that that would be true. And you're doing... I really love... You and the comedian Jen Brister have a podcast. Yes, Memory Lane. So it's kind of interesting. So since we last did this... Um, I'm now a podcaster myself, Emily, so we all have a podcast now, don't we? This is the only way people see each other, is to be on each other's podcasts. It's true. And this is why I don't fall out with people, because I might one day need to have them as a guest you've on all- my podcast. So I think, I oh, don't fall out with anyone ever. You've always got to bear that You've in always mind. got to bear in mind that you might need to pull a favour and get them as a guest on your podcast. I don't like... I don't like the look Molly, of this. Molly, no. definitely don't go in there. No, please don't. No, Molly, come here. Oh, look, she's doing that again. She has been rolling in loads of something. Oh, it, I think it is smelly. Yeah, it's fox poo. Oh my I think God. Ray's got it a bit as well. It really annoys me. I know. She's Come got on. it all in her bow and her flower. It's disgusting. Look. <laughs> she's got it everywhere. So, um, yeah, so the Memory Lane podcast is... People come on with a few photos. A few photographs. Would you like to do it, Emily? Oh, yeah. <laughs> See, this is what we'll role play what you just <laughs> talked and about. They, they, um, and they, what if you said no? And I'd be like, I've done yours twice. And Ricky Gervais was on it. Yes. Just before Christmas, was very wasn't chuffed he? he said he'd do it. And he chose, for example, it was really great because he chose a picture of... Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio watching him host the Golden Globes, <laughs> pulling a face at each other as if to say, oh my God. It's such a great shot. It's like yeah, a sort of Renaissance picture. painting in terms of the meaning. Yeah, in it. absolutely. Um, but, but that's what I love about photographs and talking about photographs yeah. is they just hold these moments. And we do say to the guest, because they some people do slightly, you know, worry about it, like you do before you go on a podcast and you think, oh, am I interesting enough or have I got good enough stories or uh, what shall I choose to talk about? And it's just, well, you just pick four pictures that have four kind of bits of your life that you want to share. And it can either be literally about the photograph, like, oh, look at the carpet, look at your perm, let's talk about perms in the 80s. Or it's your mum and the memories of your family life and bigger, broader themes. So it can sort of expand and contract according to the guests, you know, what they want to talk about. So I did it on my own. Season one, we did on... Season one, listen to me, what a wanker. Season one, uh, I did on my own. And then season two, I decided to invite Jennifer. You see that again. You're saying, oh, what a wine comes in season one. <laughs> you have been in, and I, I hate to keep reminding you of this, but the most watched comedy ever. Okay? It's mad, isn't it? And in fact, you're exactly the type of actor my parents would have said, bloody good little actor. <laughs> <laughs> I use that phrase, it's a great phrase. <laughs> Bloody good little actor there. Totally believe them. Totally believe them. I used to have a drama teacher at college that used to do that. Don't believe you, love. Don't believe you. You'd be acting your face off. Don't believe you, love. From the back. The main intention is to get this woman to believe you from the back of the room. Do you think with comedy and acting, I think what's great is that... How nice to be able to do both. I know, I love doing both. And I sometimes sort of think, oh, maybe stand-up 
gets harder as you get older because it's quite Why? You've got to, well because you've got to travel I like you know doing jokes on stage and making people laugh and thinking about routines and writing stuff <laughs> but it's the traveling you know you can't do all of it from within 10 minutes of your house especially touring you've got to get on the road and go all over the country which is really lovely but it is um it's a lot you once said that i think it was to me actually i'm saying you once like it's in the oxford book of quotations you actually said this to me <laughs> over a dog walk and a coffee you once said no but you told me once that doing stand-up you said essentially it's it, it's like crossing a motorway you talk to a lot of comedians that's someone else's metaphor no, i like it, it. i'm going to take it it was yours doing stand-up you said is essentially like walking across the motorway <laughs> that's what it feels like in terms of the nerves yeah that there's something sort of almost slightly unhinged yeah willfully mad yeah like you're going towards something you should walk away from most people go why are you doing that like i said i can't remember if i said this to you before but i think for a long time people go you're so brave and i would interpret that as a compliment and then over some time i thought oh no they're not complimenting me they're sort of pitying me <laughs> like, what are you doing what do you do why do you do that he's got a leaf in his foliage again Sorry, can I just say, Kerry's talking about my dog, not a <laughs> passing male. Come here. Do you know, Kerry, don't you think, like, Molly waits for they rain? They do, they have, they've bonded. They're like little mates now, aren't they? They're like um, Laurel and Hardy. Why do you think they've bonded? They rem- do you know, I they don't rem- know, they, they just, I, who knows what goes on in those tiny you know, <laughs> They remind me of uh, Linda and Martin Godlinen. <laughs> I don't think my mum and dad would be flattered. What puts you off, people? What's a bit of a deal breaker when you meet someone? Oh, I don't know because it, it, it feels like you're sort of um, shutting people down. I try not to shut people down. I have my sort of judgments and prejudices, and often they're sort of, you know, a bit tribal, really. Yeah. But they're not aspects of myself I'm proud of. Yeah, because it's a difficult thing with comedy, is because often you get comedy from. The old, it's the old punching up and punching down conversation, isn't it? And you go, yeah, we do find humour in being judgmental. And so what we're talking about in a social context, comedians try and make it, you know, comedy material, sort of judging, either judging yourself or judging other people or family members or whatever. And if you punch too hard, you do feel mean. So it is a delicate balance between yeah. um, ripping the piss out of people, but doing it kindly. <laughs> I don't think you'd do that anyway, because I think you're quite kind. Well, you store it up and put it in a routine. The amount of comedians where they're having <laughs> hypothetical rows with things they could have or should have or would have said with someone they had an altercation with. <laughs> they're like, oh, I didn't say it at the time, but I got a solid five out of it that you're listening to now. <laughs> do you get offered films? I bet you do. Um, now and then I do, yeah. Yeah, but... I bet you're quite choosy about what you do. No, I don't. I'm not inundated. (laughs) Not at all. I love this projection that people have that I'm like, you know, sat looking through scripts, picking projects. Certainly not. As it happens, I am about to do a film, which is going to be fun. But I have, I don't do them very often. Molly. Morning. Morning. Hello. Hello, look at this one. What's this dog? 
What, what's this kind of dog? A uh, Cairn Terrier. Oh, oh yes, they're lovely. Can they're I like say a hello? sauce. Just a little bit. <laughs> <Playful>. <laughs> Hello, Ken. Oh, they're ever they're so lovely. sweet. They're kind of like a Scotty Westy cross. Yeah. So they're like a sort. They're not dissimilar. It's like no, longer legs. Yeah, terrier, little terrier friends. <laughs> Come on then, Ray. Bye bye. Do you think you'd get another dog, Kerry? Um. Uh, do you know what? Ben and I have talked about this, and I, we do love having a dog. That's a fabulous jumper. Oh, do we you know do that love. That dog's got a onesie. It's made me think we should get one for our dogs. <laughs> it's really good. Really good. I love the little bum window at the back. No, the only reason why I'd be reluctant to get another dog, because it's such a long commitment, um, is that now that my children are in their teens and a bit more, I can see. Uh, I mean, they're, you know, they're only 13 and 16, so it's not imminent. But I can see a life when they're grown up and not at home as much. And I would then like to do things, like travel or do things. And then you can't if you've got a dog. Yeah. So I yeah. don't want to... I, I don't... I'm, I'll say burden. I don't mean that Molly's <laughs> a burden. <laughs> having a dog is a wonderful life experience. Do you know, increasingly... I don't go to things he's not welcome at. Well, I want to go everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I want to do things. I've still got some plans that don't include the dog. You sound like, sort of like Judy Garland in a musical. <laughs> I want to do things. I want to get out there, Emily. <laughs> I want to see the world. But I do. <laughs> you just said that in front of a woman. I did. That... I said that right loud in a park. So... <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just a small gig in a park. <laughs> oh, Kerry, I've really loved our walk, and I, I really—I'm sure there's loads you'll have to cut out. No, I've really. I'm loved quite our walk. scared of you, so I would. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't say that. Is that what? Is that what we've achieved? We got to the end of the walk, and you said I'm quite scared of you. I have a lot of admiration for your oh. healthy boundaries. I love boundaries. Yeah. Do you? Oh, I think they're great. Listen to a lot of Brené Brown. <laughs> Love Brené Brown. <laughs> it's all about boundaries. Ray, can you say goodbye to Molly? Do you know they so don't they, want to part? They, they like, like each other. I've got to go home and clean her. Ray, Ray, can you say goodbye to Kerry bye, and Molly? Bye, Ray. Bye-bye. Have you had a nice time? He looks like he's had a nice time. Give it a dog voice. Go on. Bye-bye, Ray. Bye, Ray. Bye, come on, Molly. Is that how it goes? <laughs> I really hope you enjoyed that episode of Walking the Dog. We'd love it if you subscribed and do join us next time on Walking the Dog wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs>